Peace, peace, peace. I am Philip Roundtree, and you're tuned into episode 10 of Hashtag You Good Man. I wish I had some, like, bells and whistles sound effects that I could play. The episode 10 is a milestone, man, <laughs> especially for me, where it, it can take me weeks at a time to just record one podcast. So it, it hasn't been the easiest journey transitioning to, to doing this by myself now, but it's been so worth it. It's been so worth it because I, I get to hone in on a subject matter with the population that means ne- something near and dear to my heart, which is men's wellness. One, because <laughs> clearly I am a man and not a male. You know, I know the whole female male thing is, is still in vogue, that whole what's right and what's not. But no, you know what? I'm a man. I, my wellness is important. I value it. And anything I can do to promote said wellness is is an amazing thing this amazing accomplishment hence the reason why i'm so proud of myself for these 10 episodes and it's always it's always important to to big yourself up for the things that you achieve and accomplish because listen first off everybody's not out here doing this number one and number two you could have been doing something else besides what you're doing and, and accomplishing a goal and so it matters anytime you achieve something that you set out to do and so, like I said, it's been a few, it's been a few weeks since I last recorded, approximately three weeks since I last recorded. And that goes into the, to the subject matter and today's topic. So today is black men go to therapy. Yeah. Black men go to therapy. It's, it's crazy. It's such a crazy, a crazy concept I know, but yeah, we do go to therapy. And for the last two weeks, I've gone to therapy. I was, it took me so long to make this podcast because I just didn't know what I wanted to say. I didn't know how I wanted to approach it because it's delicate. It's delicate or on many fronts. It's delicate for me because here I am, I'm, I'm, I'm asking myself to be vulnerable and not even the, the surface vulnerable that I tend to do. Yes, I live with depression. Yes, I live with anxiety. Yeah, that's easy for me to say, but in the therapeutic session, that's what's even more difficult to share because we're starting, we're getting deep in, you know, so we're not talking about 33-year-old Phil, we're talking about 8-year-old Phil, we're talking about 15-year-old Phil. And so for that to come out and potentially have discussed that on this podcast is, I didn't know if I was willing to do it. I didn't know if I was in a place emotionally to do it. And for the last two weeks, to be honest, I wasn't. I wasn't in a place. But now I feel like I'm better off now because time has passed. I'm a little bit more in, in tune to, to, my, to my feelings, to my emotions. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving them license to, to explore and to express themselves. And so, you know, one question may be, well, Phil, you know, you seem to have this this you may seem you appear to have things together why do you need to go back to why did you go back to therapy and so the answer was simple I was at a point in my life the last probably the last six months or so where I was very uneasy I was very uneasy about the direction of my life I I had some relationships in my life that were at times were amazing but at times were stressful and I discussed this I discussed this at uh, a podcast prior as a matter of fact Lawrence 2.0 I discussed it so dealing with a recent breakup career stressors and I just wanted uh, some increased 
self-awareness. I wanted some increased self-awareness because my self-awareness plays a part in why me and my ex-girlfriend broke up and how I'm dealing, how I'm coping with it. It plays a part in the career stressors, the pressures that I'm putting on myself in order to succeed and to achieve, especially as an entrepreneur. Being an entrepreneur is difficult. It's difficult to say the least. All the self-care strategies that I'm aware of and that I have, yes, I did a good job at utilizing. But I came to the to realization that self-care doesn't take the place of healing. It's impossible. It can't. It's not positioned as such. And so if we look at self-care, you know, if we have an injury and we can look at self-care as being the healing, uh, not the healing, but we look at the 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 scabbing over of an injury. But yeah, it might scab over, but what can happen is scar tissue can build up underneath. It cannot be fully healed, so you still may be impacted. And sometimes you need to go in and remove that, that scar tissue. And so that's exactly what this is. The exact reason why I sought out therapy. I just wanted to be better fulfilled. And I stress to anybody, if you want to be better for self, go to therapy. You can have all, I promise, you can have all the self-care strategies in the world. That won't be enough. That, it won't be enough. It's not designed to. Me lifting weights, yes, that takes the stress out. That helps me relieve immediate stress. But that doesn't do anything for for 12 year old Phil who saw his mom have a nervous breakdown on the way to school and never fully had a chance to process that. That doesn't help 17 year old Phil who whose brother died. That doesn't help Phil at the various ages where he had interactions with the police. To where now he has uh, PTSD like symptoms. Self-care with regards to, to different behaviors. Yeah, no, that won't that won't fix that. But the therapeutic aspect of self-care. Oh, no doubt. That's when we start to get into something. We start to unleash, uncover. We start to reveal who we are. And it could be some amazing truths underneath that. And that could be some ugly truths. And so I'm going to get into what therapy looks like. For me, it looks like individual therapy. Individual therapy, I go once a week. For me, it's on a Thursday. I go in and sit with Miss Valerie, Dr. Valerie, excuse me. I, sit, I go sit with Dr. Valerie and we sit, we talk, we converse. She probes. I resist. She probes some more. I resist some more. Because again, <laughs> rare is the person who could come into a therapeutic session and just spill their guts. Now, in the first session, that was me. I walked in. I cried. I cried my eyes out. I cried a lot because it felt like, you know what? I'm finally here. I'm finally at this point where I can be vulnerable. I won't be judged. I could have somebody to listen and I can I can get some real intelligent insight. And so it was much needed. And so I have I, I, I have individual therapy. But there's also group therapy. 
a lot of time group therapy is for people who may have a like diagnosis and where they can support one another. So you may see, you know, drug addicts who 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 have a, a co-according, a co-occurring a diagnosis, which means they have both a drug addiction and a mental health diagnosis. You'll see them going to group therapy to help each other. Because, yes, we can help each other. We can be a strength to one another. So those are your those are your two types. You have group and you have your individual. And now within each, you know, you have your different uh, uh, your, your different uh, specialties within like individual therapy. So you have art therapy, you have play therapy, you know, you have different forms, but mostly it's either individual or it's group. And so as I was always saying, when I go see Dr. Valerie, I know that it's an intimate setting. It's a safe space for me to express what it is that I'm feeling. And she reinforces that by, by how she responds. Because granted, it could just be her and I here in, in our session. But if her responses are, are inappropriate or I'm, I'm, you know, I'm feeling uneasy, then that's not a safe place. It's not just about physical safety, it's about mental safety as well. And so that's something to be mindful of. So the first few sessions are just feeling out. A lot of times, unless you're somebody like me where I could go in, I, can, I feel comfortable in talking, I'll tell you everything under the sun that, that, that's going on with me, that's happening with me. I still offer resistance at times, but a lot of time the therapist will just listen. They'll ask you some questions, but they're not going to probe. They're not going to probe as hard because it's the beginning. They want you to come back. They want you to come back. So picture you going somewhere and somebody's like, well, what happened when you were 10? It's like, oh, oh, don't you want to know my name? Hey, I'm, I'm Phil. Nah, we're not going to get to 10. Let's talk about, can we talk about what I do for a living? Can we talk about my hobbies? Can we talk about things that that are not as intense instead of going straight to the meat. Let's go through the appetizer first. Let me, let me get some of those egg rolls, you know, and I had some vegan, vegan uh, appetizers earlier. It wasn't bad. I'll never go vegan ever, but it wasn't bad. You know, give me my chicken and all that. <laughs> but that's what it's like. So you go in you know, you get acclimated to the setting, you sit down, you become comfortable, you get your appetizer, and then after a while, then we start to get to the reason that you're here, the main course. And so that comes a few sessions in. And so for some people, that can be difficult. Some people aren't about talking. They don't want to talk. And that's okay. Me being a child therapist, I experience this a lot of times where I have children who just, they come and they sit. They don't want to say anything. Now, it's my job to probe, to ask questions. How are you feeling today? Did you see the game yesterday? Because even if they, the goal is to have them become comfortable, just even talking and opening up. And so full disclosure, like I'm doing this, like I'm, I'm doing this podcast, like Tax Stone, like he did Meek Mill interview. So I'm doing it in my car. Right. Because I, I wanted to get this information out. So if you hear some music or some engines driving past, just know that, you know, I'm not in a wraith. You know, I'm just in a little Dodge Charger, but we 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 going to make it happen anyway. <laughs> so but and it's OK. Don't feel the pressure that you need 
to that you don't need to that you need to talk. But then with that said, you get out of it what you put in. So if you only half hearted with your approach. Then. Are you really going to get the desired results, whatever that may mean for you? And so for me, again, it was it was just such a necessary decision. Being a black man in society is rough. When I see what's happening in society, I see what's happening in the NFL. I see people like me getting shot down, running away. It's traumatizing. I feel I feel these things or even worse. I feel nothing. I feel nothing. I'm so numb to everything that's happening. And that's not healthy either. Hence the reason why I feel that everybody should see a therapist. Because if we look at this life and everything that transpires in life, we do an amazing job of being resilient and coping. But we need to take advantage of those who are in place to assist us. And so one of the frequent questions that I get from many people who reach out to me uh, via social media, email and things like that, they want to know, how do I find a therapist? Now, my first question always, do you have medical insurance? That's always the first question, because if you have medical insurance, nine times out of 10, uh, they'll they'll be able to pay for it. Because that's a big question. How am I going to pay for this? And if you have medical insurance, then then a lot of times you'll you'll have a specific pool of, of psychiatrists, therapists, psychologists that you can pull from. So if you have a popular insurance company like Keystone Health Plan East, you'll have the world at your disposal. But if you have Medicare, which is governmental insurance, the pool is a little smaller that you can pull from. And if you have no insurance, then that pool is even smaller because then that means you would have to go to like your community behavioral health agency um, and try and set up therapy, at which time they'll help you set up uh, insurance for yourself. And so as far as finding a therapist, again, you can go through your insurance company, you go to your insurance company's website and they'll have a list of about 500 names. And it's just like, okay, what am I supposed to do? And it really is like Russian roulette. You just pick one. You know, what I'm a fan of doing is, you know what? I If I go on there, I'm going to pick a couple and I'm going to Google them and find out what I can. I'm going to see who made a review because people make reviews, especially if they don't like you. They're going to make a review. But how I found my therapist, I went to psychologytoday.com and I was able to do a search, a specific search. I was able to look up what their specialty was. So I knew that I needed help with depression and anxiety um, and relationships and and career career wise. And so I, I doing, that made the pool smaller. I knew I wanted the African-American because representation matters. You're more likely to be engaged in a process when the person looks like you. When a person has similar similar traits, you're more inclined to be a part of that process. And so I knew I wanted a woman first because I know it's not that many men out there. But because I was raised by women for the majority of my life. I just have a natural uh, uh, I, I, I naturally open up more to women. Because as men, we're not conditioned to open up to one another. So I know that would be 
they're kind of difficult for me. What also factored into me picking my, my therapist, and I let her notice the, the first day, the fact that she is a lesbian and she's, she's been married 20 years. And the fact that she's dark skinned. These may sound like, sound trivial, but no, no, no. 20 years ago, to be dark skinned, especially in, in the African American community where we have, we, we had this historical uh, issue between light skin and dark skin, where dark skin filled the brunt of a lot of, a lot of problems, a lot of issues. And where being a lesbian during that time wasn't as in vogue as it is now. Oh no, you know, I know she, I know she went through something. I know she experienced something. She's not telling me something that she just read in a book. She had the fight. She had to fight. She had to fight to get to where she was and where she is now. And she had to work on herself and her issues. She had to understand her biases in order to be the amazing therapist that she is. And then there's word of mouth. And so I had a friend of mine, she reached out to me and said, and you know what, we was having a discussion about therapists. I said, listen, it's only been the first session, but my therapist is the sugar honey iced tea. And she was like, oh, we're, I'm, in the, I'm in the market for a new therapist. And because she's highly intelligent. And it's the, the highly intelligent people, a lot of times we feel, not, again, I don't, you know, not to say we feel, let me say I'll paraphrase this, I don't want to offend anybody. But it's, it, yeah, it's, it's the, the, the more you're aware, the more uh, educated you are, the more this internal battle in the mind happens. And so she reached out to me. I gave her information and she hit me up today. She said, oh, we got an appointment next week. I'm like, all right, great. All right, now let's keep that to ourselves now because I need that to continue to be the safe space. I can't walk in there and see, you know, 10 people I don't refer to my therapist because then I'm, a, you know, I mean, I might feel uncomfortable. But those are the those are the ways that you can find out again. You have your insurance company. You have your, you know, websites like Psychology Today. You can you can take the, the name that you find from your insurance company and put it in there and it, it may come up with the review and everything that they do. Or it can just be word of mouth. And then even prior to that, you may you got to find out, you know, do you need want to see a psychiatrist, a psychologist, a therapist? Myself, I'm a psychotherapist, which means that I can. You know, I can have there. I can do therapy with people. Um, I can't have private practice because you have to be licensed for that. Now, my therapist, she she is licensed. She has her, her LCSW, so she can she can bill insurance companies directly. You have your psychologists who have their PhDs, who also practice and and do private practice, and then you have your psychiatrist who not only can prescribe you medication and they're the only ones who can prescribe you medication. Or and or they can have, have actual therapy sessions with you. And so the therapy session is, is usually it's the therapeutic hour. So it's usually about 50 minutes, 50 minutes of the hour. 
And so that's that's the process. Now, a question that I get because and I've experienced it myself is what if I don't like my therapist? I've experienced this when I was in my early 20s. I went and saw a therapist. She was telling me everything about her other clients and their lifestyles. And I was like, no, 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 no. I can't come back to you. So then it took that was 23. I didn't see another one again until I was 30, 31. And so she was passive. She was passive. I know I could say whatever I want. She wasn't going to challenge me or anything like that. So I ain't going back to her. So another another three, four years later, here I am. And so they say it generally takes people 10 years to finally get the process right and to finally seek help. And so that's roughly the timeline, the time frame that it took for me to to see a therapist. I ended up getting medication at approximately age 30, 31. And now here I am at age 33 getting therapy and happy for it. Because, again, as a black man, it's needed. As a person, it's needed. The stressors that that I experience and that we experience as a community. Yes, we're resilient. But a lot of this stuff we shouldn't have to be resilient from. Yeah, relationships happen. Breakups happen. Loss happens. Yeah, I'm processing that. I'm processing that hurt that I feel by losing somebody that I that I was in love with. That hurts. Now I'm processing how do I move past? What do I need to hear? Who do I need to listen to? What happened in that relationship that I wasn't listening to? As much as I say I loved her. When I sit back, I wasn't listening to her. I didn't take the steps necessary to improve our relationship. And I can take the onus on that. And hopefully she can too. But I need to recognize that. So then when I move forward in my next relationship, my next situation, I'm not entering that broken from her and broken from from failed relationships in the past broken from experiences of trauma that's happened in my life i'll be a better man for it career-wise helping me map out where it is that i'm progressing i'm in a huge transition going from uh bureaucracies to now being self-employed and self-responsible it's a lot of pressure a lot of burden if I don't secure if I don't secure jobs and engagements, I don't I don't eat. It's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of stress. So I need to be able to process that. I need to be able to have that discussion. And then just regard to my communication patterns. When I'm frustrated, when I'm angry, who's coming out? Is it hurt Phil? From age eight who couldn't be heard by anybody? Or is it 30-year-old, three-year-old Phil who's just frustrated with the situation? Now, 33-year-old Phil would be ideal. But at times, our younger selves come out to help deal with our, help us cope and deal with our problems how we would then. With the pain, with the anger, with the frustration, with the rage that we've kept inside for 25 years. And this is also to learn coping strategies. As much as I say... 
you know, I, yes, I'm an advocate for therapy. Yes, yeah, so you want to have co- ideal coping strategies too. So this may be journaling. My therapist channeled me to journal. Something I tell all my clients to do, journal, write it down. Write it down during that moment so we can process it. What you might have been feeling at that moment. I feel like I'm in this self, me personally, I'm in the self-actualization stage of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's something my mom always tell me, always tell me. Phil, you're in this Maslow self-actualization stage. She don't necessarily sound like that, huh, mom? But, you know, she runs that in my head. And what that means is I'm at the stage where my other needs are being met. But now I'm about this sense of self, this sense of purpose. Why am I here? Why am I here? What role am I here for? And therapy helps me with that. Therapy helps me put myself first. She asked me at the end of the session, and I'm not going to hold you all too much longer, but she asked me at the, at the session, at the end, Phil, you, you going to come back? I'm like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, you know, I could come back. You know, this would be good for my daughter and me being better. And, and she was like, nah, you. What about you? This is for you. This is your life. And I'm like, whoo, mind blown. Mind blown. Because this is my life. I've had issue, and, and hence the reason why my relationships didn't work, because I had issues staying present. I had issues staying present. I'm, and, or, and or I'm worried about somebody else. Because if you're not present, you're not invested. It's impossible. And so if you're in the moment, if you experience the, the, the highs, the laughters, the joys, if you embrace those. And you can turn around and embrace the hurt. It's OK to be hurt. It's OK to be sad. Embrace that. You're not playing the victim. You're embracing the emotion that you're feeling at the time. And that's OK. And so that's where I'm at in my process where I'm learning to enjoy the highs and I'm learning to to recognize and be not only be aware, but acknowledge those feelings that come with both the highs and the lows. And I know for that, I'll be a better person. Number one, I'll be a better Phil. I'll be a better lover. I'll be a better father. I'll be a better businessman. I'll be a better son. And so that's what's important to me at this time. That's what's important to me at this time. So I encourage anybody, listen, if you need assistance, let me know. I'm more than, more than happy to help you navigate this process. Because it's not as hard as you think. The hardest part is making that decision to just go and step in there. Step in that room with that person. I'll be more than help, happy to help you. So I appreciate you guys tuning in for week 10 of the hashtag you good man podcast. I was going to do some sound effects with my mouth, but, you know, I couldn't get them out in time. But again, I appreciate you guys. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at P-H-I-L underscore quadify Q-U-A-D-E-F-Y. It's the same on Twitter. You can catch me on Facebook.com uh, backslash Philip with two L's. MSW, that's M as in Mary. Also, feel free to email me, phil at quadify.net. Until next week, guys. Peace.